Hello, everybody, and thank you, Janet Lee, for those altar songs. Are they ever spirit-touching? And dear listener today, uh, this should be a very, very interesting uh, study, and we want you to open your ears and eyes and just be in the spirit because there is so much to cover. Before I totally get into the, the reading, uh, I have some other ground to cover, uh, which I will try to uh, move through it with expediency. Uh, we're talking about Gog, G-O-G. We're talking about the number of the beast, 666. Now, the dimension of Gog is mentioned, but it's not recognized for what it really is. Uh, the manifest interpretation uh, is explicit in explaining that. But uh, on the subject of Gog in the Bible, in the, um, <clears throat> in the book of the Bible, uh, the uh, 38th and 39th uh, uh, chapters are very interesting. In uh, chapter 38, verse 16, uh, the, well, let's start with uh, uh, verse 14. Therefore, son of man, prophesy and say unto Gog, Thus saith the Lord God, In that day when my people Israel dwelleth safely, thou shalt not know it. And thou shalt come from thy place out of the north parts, thou and many people with thee, all of them riding upon horses, a great company, and, and a mighty army. And thou shalt come up against my people Israel. Now, when the Bible says horses... Uh, you have to understand that, that when you are dealing with um, uh, symbolisms and metaphors and when you are dealing with the, the time element, uh, that there are factors in interpretation that transliterate uh, to, to the times. So sometimes uh, an arrow can be a missile. A missile can be a rocket. Um, even a stone can be a missile and, and uh, can be a rocket or a bullet. Uh, sometimes uh, when it would say something like, uh, uh, like it does about, um, you know, uh, uh, there, there, be, there being uh, a people, you know, Israel that dwelleth safely, thou shalt not know it. This is not because it does not know what Israel has done and, and that it is... Uh, not update with Israel, but what it is about is that uh, it is not update to know what God is going to do. It does not know, it being Gog, does not know what God is about to do. So this is very, very interesting and very, very important, and it is it's ultimate that people understand these things that the Bible is saying, because what the Bible is saying is quite different than what uh, many, many people in the past have interpreted it to mean. And today, we want to clarify your understanding and give you an understanding so that you are going to, to know in a way uh, that you cannot fail. So, um, uh, as we continue and go forward into this, uh, we need um, you to have the understanding. Uh, the understanding is, is uh, very terrific of, of need. 
that uh, you do not uh, misassume, mis have, have a misconception, or any kind of uh, oddball uh, view from old ideas, traditional, that do not, uh, do not really fit into the spectrum of uh, God's uh, real uh, revelation. Uh, we want you to have that uh, in the wholesomeness of the Holy Manifest Word. Okay, so here, here, let's read this. Therefore, Son of Man, prophesy and say unto to Gog, uh, uh, Gog, thus saith the Lord God, uh, in that day when my people Israel uh, dwell in safety, thou shalt not know it. Now, the, the kingdom of Lydia, uh, the dynasty of uh, Gagget, Gagget was, uh, was operating during the time uh, of Ezekiel, Ezekiel's ministry. And so it was not... Um, unusual and, and out of timing for for uh, God, uh, uh, for Ezekiel to be prophesying about Gog during his lifetime, during his ministry. And uh, this thing about coming from the north parts uh, has both a, a physical reality, but also has an incorporated reality of the north parts representing uh, the mystery things, the secret things, the secret places. And, uh, and the riding upon horses, uh, uh, representing uh, great engines of, 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 uh, that will be uh, operating in modern times. And, uh, and then in verse 17, it says, Thus saith the Lord God, art thou he of whom I have spoken in old time? Even though at this time of Ezekiel, that goes back a long time, he says, that before he even had ever mentioned Gog, that there were other prophets in old time that had spoken. And uh, they were prophets of Israel. And they prophesied in those days uh, uh, for many uh, years uh, that I would bring, uh, you know, the forces of God against, um, against the, the Gogs. And uh, it goes on then, uh, so first, let's stop there a minute. Let's get the idea and the understanding that there is a, a, an, a there are prophecies of the prophets of, of Israel that have prophesied in old times, going way, way back before Ezekiel, way, way back. And even though you might look in your Bible and not be able to find that, that doesn't mean that it's not there in the invisible Bible. That doesn't mean that the lost book of wars did not have the story about Gog. Obviously, this is a reference right in the Bible showing that there was a reference in the, in the, in the book of wars about the Gogs. And, and that's been lost. But, you know, eventually what we will be doing, uh, God willing, give us the time and the opportunity, we will be reconstructing. Uh, regurgitating, in a sense, uh, the word from the invisible Bible and, and reconstructing uh, the, the, uh, the lost book of the wars and making that known to the people uh, from the rudiments that are still left in the Bible uh, that can be interpreted, and as they are interpreted, then uh, uh, it's like the DNA. If you just take that part out of the seed, you have the information for the making of a whole body. And so when we take that part out of the rudiments that are left, we have the making of all the information for the whole book. And, and that is how it will work by the Spirit. 
you know. And so it's sort of like Ezekiel ten seven, in which it says to 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 Ezekiel, go in and take fire from between the wheels. Uh, this is what we will be doing when we uh, reiterate the lost book of wars. We'll be taking fire from between the wheels and manifesting it uh, again on the earth. Blessed be the name of God. And then he goes on in verse 17 um, uh, about uh, having said about the prophets and so forth, you know, um, that... Uh, that in verse then to verse 18 it'll come to pass at the same time when God shall come against the land of Israel saith the Lord that my my fury shall come up in his face and this is the thing that God God does not know God does not know what the intent of God is how God will deal with this he knows what's going on in the in the scientific world of of Israel but he does not know what's going on in the mind of God now <clears throat> Then if we go over to uh, chapter 39, it says, therefore, and that's, that therefore, of course, is, is, a, is a leading term saying after all these things that I, that I have said about Gog, this is the reason, this is the compound understanding the, the, of, of the uh, integration of this word being made uh, active. Therefore, thou son of man, prophesy against Gog and say, Thus saith the Lord God, I am against thee, Gog, the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal. Now, there are interpretations of what Meshach and Tubal mean, and, and you know, uh, we, we will uh, uh, perhaps get into that uh, if we have the time, but we'll just see. We've, we've already touched on it before. And I will turn thee back and leave but the sixth part of thee. Now, what does that mean? We call that the 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 uh, sixth punctuated point, the, the sixth dimension, uh, because what it's talking about is that when this war is concluded, that all of the forces of Gog are going to be destroyed, who have taken fleshly earth bodies. But but what the only thing that is going to be left is is uh, uh, his uh, punctuated point in the sixth dimension. That is, is, is a forever eternal thing. And, and that's why all the different universes can go back and, and bring up the memory of Gog uh, from that punctuated point of existence. And so uh, it's, it's very, very interesting that, that to understand that when it's talking about uh, only a sixth part will be left, it's not talking about a sixth part of those Gog soldiers in the Gog army. Is talking about the sixth part, which is the dimension uh, from which he comes. That will not be destroyed. That will always still be there. Uh, it was there before this war with Gog was brought forward just to be involved on earth. And, and it will still be there after this war is, is concluded. And then, of course, it goes on later to talk about uh, uh, there will be, um, you know, uh, seven years... Uh, uh, that they will be uh, burning uh, the instruments of war, the shields, the bucklers, the bows, the arrows, the hand staves, the spears. Uh, you know, they're not going to be using those kind of weapons. And what the story about is about here is quite different than what people think. What this is basically saying is that seven representing the fullness, uh, that, the, that there will be 
be uh, 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 times of, of, of seven uh, that will bring about a fullness of peace so that the memory of, of, of war uh, is eradicated. So it's talking about the memory of war. Uh, you know, the seven years of burning these, uh, these uh, instruments of war is the memory of war. And, 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 and those are going to be uh, eradicated as they represent the memory of war. So those things are important to understand because they, they help us uh, to come into uh, an aerial type of understanding. Um, uh, in uh, MIV manifest uh, uh, revelation, uh, it says, O oh Gog, are you not one of the anterior beings that I spoke about to my messengers? This is taken from Ezekiel 38, 17. Uh, servants, friends, the seers, the prophets. Uh, in latter times you will come against God's defenders, uh, which is Israel. Then Ezekiel 39, 1 through 2. Prophesy, you seers of God, and say, the Lord God um, is against you, O Gog, a chief principality. Now, this subject about God is not uh, a minor. This ch chief principality thing is very important because in Ephesians, the chapter, the sixth chapter, it talks about that we don't fight against flesh and blood. We are fighting against uh, powers and principalities. So even when it mentions the the millions of the gogs in, that are in, that are warring in fleshly bodies, you know that is really not the subject as much as it is the force of the principality that is behind all of that. And so we're dealing with a principality here, a principality from far, far, far back in time. And, and it's being brought forward here, uh, and uh, the revelation is being made, made known. And, uh, and so uh, it's, it's, it's quite, quite awesome, you know. So he says, prophesy uh, and say, the Lord God is against the old chief principality, um, you know, and... Uh, and and these words come from uh, you know chief chief principality from the word meshech, and uh, uh, instead of it just being a a town or or a people, uh, it has a spiritual uh, meanings, and we've applied those spiritual meanings. Uh, and he says, I I God uh, will turn you back, and and leave only the sixth punctuation point part of you. Uh, but I will allow you, but allow Satan to bring you back into creation and revive you from the mystery of the unknown, the north parts. And you shall take uh, body form and come against Zion, uh, Mount Hermon in the land of Israel, who are its defenders. Now, we see how important that the scripture is. And we see as we get into this alpha uh, world, uh, the scripture I keep quoting to you out of Isaiah 41, verse 4. Uh, God who hath wrought and done it, calling the generations from the beginning, I the Lord, the first and the last, which is the same as synonymous with Alpha Omega. I the Lord am the, and the Alpha and the Omega. I am he. I'm the first and the last. And so we see that these can be and are called, as I have said to you, uh, gen generations. And generations being uh, the making of 
of, of physical uh, spirit creations. So uh, those things are absolutely essential for for uh, God's people to know, God's people to be aware of. Uh, we also want to show you the importance in the Septuagint translation of, of Amos chapter 7, verse 1. I read that again. Thus saith the Lord, uh, uh, he showed me a swarm of locusts uh, that were coming, and and behold, one of the young uh, Behold, one of the young, devastating, was Gog the king. And uh, it's just incredible. The prophecies that have been given, this is not a minor subject. This is a major thing, and we are, we are to know about this. We are to have knowledge about, about this. And uh, it's, it's um, utterly important uh, for you to have that, that knowledge, and it's... God wants you to have that knowledge so, uh, you know, um, you will have the insight to understand the Word of God and the Bible. Now, let's go back to Ezekiel thirty-eight sixteen, And thou shalt come up against my people of Israel as a cloud to cover the land, and that shall, it shall be in the latter days. And I will bring thee against my land, that the heathen may know me, when I shall be sanctified in the O Gog. Now, I just want to point out the incredible intensity of, of importance for knowing about Gog. It says here that, uh, that and I, I read it to you, um, that, the, that this is going to be a happening. It's going to be pronounced so that the heathen will, will be able to know about God. This whole thing that's going to happen with the Gogs is going to, is going to uh, shine a light of a great past of a, of a great extensive uh, uh, alpha world, and people are going to begin to get this knowledge when the knowledge of the Lord covers the earth as the waters cover the sea, uh, that so that the heathen may know God. And that's why this message has to get out. That's why the manifester is preaching this message. And then listen to what's it, what it says. Uh, when I shall be sanctified in thee, O God, O Gog, I shall be sanctified in the O Gog before their eyes. And so there is a ministry that is so important, and it's about the sanctification of God in the revelation of the Gogs. And, and, and this is the Bible that is saying this. This is in Ezekiel. Ezekiel 38, verse 16. When I shall be sanctified in thee, O Gog, before their eyes. This is so important. This, this is, is how we're going to come into a true knowledge about God and the sanctification about God is by having a revelation and a knowledge of this mysterious thing of, of the story of Gog. And, of course, that is what, uh, as a manifester, I am bringing to you today. And then we see how that we treat it in, in chapter 39, uh, verse 2. I'll turn thee back and leave but a sixth part, and we show that that sixth part has, you know, uh, nothing to do with a part of the army being left alive, but it has to do with the part uh, uh, of the alpha world that will always still exist, the alpha dimension, which uh, is called the sixth part because it's six dimensions. Okay, now, while we're talking about that six dimensions, just 
briefly here, because I don't have a lot of time, we have these uh, three modes of the number 666 in the book of Revelation. Uh, we have uh, shown that that is the number of a man. We've shown that that, uh, six, uh, that six protons, six electrons, six neutrons is the number of carbon, and carbon is the stuff that humans are made out of. And so it, uh, there is the thing of the number of the man, because no doubt these gogs that will come will be made out of carbon, just like humans are made out of carbon. And uh, so, so there, is a, there is a story there. Now, if we go all the way back to the Alpha world, the, the dimensions of the Alpha world was entirely different than the dimensions of this world. Uh, the, um, the Alpha world uh, had three-dimensional modes, and that's where you get the 666. And, and these 666, uh, you know, um, were uh, attributed to uh, dimensional uh, measurements of the atoms and the cells. So they, they weren't necessarily called atoms, but we use that term because otherwise other terms you wouldn't know, and, and so it gives you a relative idea of what we're talking about. And so this three-dimensional modes... Uh, dimension no mold of, of one six of a second six and a third six uh, spoke about an interweave and overlap uh, being of six dimensions uh, like a spherical spherical cube um, uh, a form in three dimensions of space so that um, this this interweave uh, was actually from a two-dimensional manifold, and 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 uh, uh, that was uh, woven into a three-dimensional space lattice. Uh, then, if we wanted to get into some serious uh, math studies, which we won't do right now, uh, and we got into the lattice, like atomic lattice. Uh, and we would get into the branching of the of the the number dimensions. Uh, we would find that this six 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 in this description of the uh, of of the cubic form uh, of three dimensional uh, lattice space um, that the branching number is equal to the golden rhombic. That's R H O M B I C. That's like a, a, a crystal cube of, of a type. And this um, um, rhombi proportion uh, is in six dimensions, and it all, all equates, and this is very interesting, it all equates to the golden ratio. And I have ministered about the golden ratio. You can find it if you look it up. Uh, and, and, and how the, the golden ratio is in much of, of nature and uh, is, is uh, you know, really a sacred uh, type of number. Okay, so that's just a little touch there, uh, you know, from the, the book of little things. And uh, we've got to keep moving on. Uh, we, we noted a while back in our teaching how that the alpha which is spoken of in Revelations 1, 8, and 11. And, uh, 
chapter 21 and 6 and chapter 22 and 13 uh, that, it, that it is related to the word Aleph, uh, which, uh, which represents the number one, uh, and that ties into the, the Alpha in the sense of the first. And uh, so, so we also see that Aleph is connected to, to Eleph, which is the number 1,000, which is the number of Christ. That also uh, re uh, relates in a relative manner uh, to, to the Alpha. So um, it, it's interesting. It's interesting how that in Psalms 119, that eight verses have a word in it beginning with Aleph to show the importance of, of understanding those terms like Alpha and Aleph uh, from uh, the biblical expressions. So uh, a lot of times people haven't seen these things. Uh, and so it really makes sense what Paul said when he said things that are seen are made from things that do not appear. So sometimes when people see something and read something, they're not reading what really is because they don't understand that some of those things that are there and that are speaking are made from something that does not appear and the really reality of it is the things that do not appear. So this thing on Gog is, is, is major, it's historical, and the term Gog uh, comes from uh, Gogit, uh, G-O-G-I-D dynasty, and uh, uh, Lydia uh, in Western uh, Anatolia, uh, A-N-A-T-O-L-I-A, -A, uh, was, uh, you know, uh, uh, the country uh, that ruled the Gagat uh, uh, dynasty. So uh, the Greeks, they called, um, they, they called, um, you know, uh, the man who was to rule, uh, Gyges, uh, or Gyges, however you want to say it, I say Gyges, who ruled from uh, 716 to 644 BC. Um, there is proof of this, not only in the Bible, but in the Mesopotamian cuneiforms uh, that uh, the name was written as, uh, as uh, Gugi, Guji, uh, Guji, or I've also seen it as uh, Gugu, G-U-G-U, uh, -U -U, uh, in the Assyrian, uh, which in English would be pronounced as Gog. So uh, it's just really, really important uh, to keep these things all in your mind, not throw them away. Uh, all the things I've talking about, I talked about last week, the five uh, Lydian kings, uh, which were all um, uh, family, direct family men members uh, from from Gyges, uh, uh, who was Gog, and uh, and how that they were the first uh, nation to to um, coin money, and and uh, they were the head of a uh, of a world trading order. So, uh, and their capital was Sardis, uh, which is, uh, you know, in Asia Minor. So uh, that was one of the seven churches of, of the Bible in the book of Revelations. So we're into major, major stuff. Now, I, um, I talked a little bit 
about the stigmata um, spoken of in Galatians 6.17. I should really just read a couple of those scriptures because uh, it's just, um, it's an important subject uh, for me to read to show you uh, methods of getting into the understanding. Let's uh, look, for instance, at uh, Galatians 6.17. says, From henceforth, let no man trouble me, for I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus Christ. From henceforth. There comes a point that you have not been there before. There comes a point that you achieve something. Something that at first you thought was just a terrible, sad thing that happened. You thought it was just a misfortune, that it's something that didn't have to happen, as Paul said, you know, if, if, the, if the people had known the truth, if the princes had known the truth, they would not have crucified Christ. But it happens, and, and uh, you don't know, you think you know, you think the suffering, the sacrifice is, you know, it's the whole of the story. But you don't realize that, that everything that happened to Christ's body and everything that he said while he was on the cross, the cross rep- representing all of the directions, uh, the pole and, and the cross piece uh, representing, you know, east and west, north and south, representing all the horizon and, and, and the, the punctuations, the, the, the points of thorn that pierced the flesh of the forehead and head and, and the, the nails that pierced the hand area, whether the wrist or the hand or whether uh, the hand was pierced and the wrist was tied, uh, it, it, it doesn't matter. It all conforms uh, to the message. And the, the riveted side, all of those things are like portals. Every one of those holes represent a portal in and through Christ, from one side of Christ to another side of Christ, or as the riveted side, from the side of Christ to his heart which was the direction that the spear went up to. And, and uh, all of those things, and then the, the crown uh, you know, of thorns uh, being something quite different than thorns because they had their piercing points of punctuation, which, which each uh, point that punctuated the flesh was, was opening an aperture of the mind uh, to fulfill those things that Paul said, that the mind which is in Christ Jesus be also in you. So these portals into uh, a new kind of space of thinking and of, of, of ideology, a new kind of, of, of space of apprehension and, and a new kind of space of the spirit uh, are, are very very deep and and very magnifying and exalting of the Holy Spirit. Uh, when Paul said what he did here in in um, in the in in the book of um, Galatians, and and we read this from henceforth, let no man trouble me, 
for I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, there is um, a, a trans-assimilation here that is being uh, testified of, of having reached a point when many of the things that heretofore he had allowed himself to become encumbered with, uh, the troubles of people, the problems of people, uh, that you reach a place in Christ uh, when you are no longer uh, a necessary vehicle uh, to be involved with that because what you have assimilated uh, is actually the substance that will take care of all of those problems of the world and is the very essence uh, that was given from God the Father uh, as the solution to take care of the whole world. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believed in him should not perish but should come into everlasting life. And that is the wonderful and glorious. Uh, let's look at another scripture on the subject of uh, uh, Sigmata. Uh, if we go to, um, uh, to, to Rome, uh, Romans, uh, right after uh, the book of Acts, and let's look at Romans uh, uh, 6, uh, 4 through 6. Romans 6, 4 through 6. And um, uh, very interestingly, uh, here is what it says. Therefore we are buried with him by baptism unto death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also shall walk in newness of life. There is a place in God that we become buried with him, even though we have our mortal consciousness and our mortal uh, expression of physiological uh, mortality, yet there is an action that we have taken. There is a, a moving uh, of transposition that we have entered into in which we are buried of the spirit uh, by a baptism unto death. Uh, so that so that though we are alive, yet we are dead in Christ, and and by being dead in Christ, we are also uh, prepared uh, by that death uh, for a glory of the Father, so that we will be able to walk in a newness of life. Verse five: For if we had been planted together in the likeness of His death, we shall also in the likeness. We shall also we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth uh, we should not serve sin, for he that is dead is freed from sin. Now, if we be dead from Christ, we believe that we shall also live in him, knowing that Christ be raised from the dead, uh, dieth. No, uh, 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 dead dieth no more. Death has no more dominion over him. Wow. Now, how does this have anything to do with stigmata? Well, it it most it most certainly does. Uh, it it uh, it brings us into a place that uh, is very very spiritual. That while we are still physiologically here, there is a place in God that we can claim, in Christ that we can claim, that we have transassimilated into his body. And, and that is the real true stigmata. Uh, some people th think that the, the true stigmata is the expression of those people that, you know, that actually have 
blood in their palm of their hands, uh, actually have blood spots around their forehead or are in their feet and they bleed and they feel pain. Uh, I think that, you know, is a certain level of the stigmata, but it isn't the deepest level of it. The deepest level of the stigmata is, is much more beautiful than that. It has to do with, um, with coming into a place of eternal justifications, Romans 7, 4. Uh, it, it has, it has to do, you know, uh, with, with, uh, the Lord's Prayer in Matthew six twelve, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And, and with the uh, pre-transassimilation um, uh, uh, that, that Jesus did as a, a pre-transpositional uh, uh, action uh, described in John 20, uh, 21 through 23, where it says Jesus breathed on his disciples and gave them the power to forgive uh, and, and, uh, or retain the sins of the people. Uh, and he also breathed on them to receive the Holy Spirit at that time. So uh, when we look at the stigmata uh, of what happened on the cross and, and of the resurrection, which was all part uh, of a result of the cross, um, we have number one, the spirit world of past history. Because Jesus said, this day, he said this to the thief, the, the thief that confessed, this day wilt thou be with me in paradise. Now, the paradise he was talking about was lower paradise, which was upper Hades. And uh, in the book of Peter, he went down into the prison and he preached to those spirits which were sometimes disobedient during the, the flood and the times of Noah. Now, look at how far back in time it was from when Jesus uh, uh, had the experience on the cross and the and the flood of Noah, especially in the in the true light of the real time, because we claim that that the t that the time that is interpreted by many of the scholars is incorrect, and that there's actually ten thousand lost years that go back to the flood. But 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 the thing of it is that is so so relevant here is th the. The thing that is mentioned here, uh, you will be with me this day in paradise. This represents, um, uh, in the stigmata, uh, this represents a connection to the, um, uh, to, to the past and to the spirit world of the past. So number one, we have this uh, stigmata thing coming into this stigmata thing, coming into this representation of the spirit world of the past, uh, coming into going back in time to, to a time when people had been disobedient during the time of the flood, which was way, way back in time. Uh, and, and, uh, but that is, not, that is not all the extent of that. But we'll stop there before we do the, the, the next few uh, uh, points on the stigmata, and after that we're going to get into the reading of the Holy Manifest.
And here we are again, folks. And let's get back now to the stigmata revelation of the cross. We call it the seven portals of stigmata. The seven portals. The first one I mentioned, the spirit world of past history. Uh, being able to, through that portal, uh, go uh, into a lower paradise where the, where the spirit world is. To go back in time. And, and not just to that time, but back as far in time as the spirit would lead you to go. Because that is all incorporated into Christ. And so it is so absolutely awesome and beautiful uh, to, under, to understand that. Uh, someone might say, oh, I don't know about this upper Hades and lower Hades business. But the, in the book of Psalms 86.13, it speaks of the lowest hell. So if you have the lowest hell, then you have to have the higher hells, or you can't have a lowest hell, it's just hell. And so lowest hell is a particular kind of hell that is not being described here of where these spirits were being held. Uh, they were being held in lower Hades, uh, pardon me, in upper Hades, which was called lower paradise. And so that is just all beautiful. That was the first uh, of the seven portals uh, of stigmata. Now, the next uh, portal of stigmata was when Jesus on the cross said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Uh, there are two imbuements in here. This will be actually two and three. First, number two portal, Father, forgive them. The acknowledgement and the understanding that Jesus says, when you pray, pray in this manner, my Father which art in heaven. We have to have an, a, a, an alignment, an allegiance to the Father. We have to have a, a, an acknowledgement. And in the 14th chapter of, of John, it says, in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not true, I would have told you. Uh, in, embroiled in the very aspects of what is truth, uh, uh, of what is the fountain of reality, of what is the gushing of the Holy Spirit, is the uh, the stigmata of this revelation we call the the portal number two. Uh, it's uh, the Father forgive them. Jesus on the cross is is saying not my act that I have done here, but Father forgive them. And then those that is asked to be forgiven uh, is, we call it the portal number three. Uh, forgive them for they know not what they do. Uh, this is absolutely the spirit of love. And, and it is one of the portals that you find in Jesus like you find in no other place that exists in any other human or in any other place of the world. Uh, and so we have the, the se uh, of the seven portals of stigmata, we have the spirit world of past history. We have the father revelation. Uh, we have th the power of love to forgive for people are are ignorant. They, they're in this place where they live in, in this land uh, of forgotten memories. Um, and then the fourth portal um, was uh, on the cross. Jesus turns to John and to his mother and he says to John, John, your mother. He, he directs his mother Mary to become now the mother of John. Uh, he directs the mother, mother, your son. Uh, this is a really deep subject. It's about spiritual family assimilation and 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 it's a it's a transfiguration uh and, and it is a, a trans assimilation in christ of of 
the things even in his fleshly realm that that he had uh, a a partialization with that were so important because after all he was born of a virgin and so the understanding of the virgin birth uh, is necessary to understand the 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 virgin birth of 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 uh, of Eve who was born and came out of Adam and so you had the the male given birth to to the female, and then you have later the female given birth to the male, the son of God, and and so there in that portal of stigmata is the representation number four portal of the spiritual family, uh, number five of the resurrection, the regeneration is connected to this whole thing of the cross because the cross put the body of Jesus in the tomb and then coming out of the tomb in the resurrection became a part of the whole overall effect and action of the cross. So that resurrection then and, and regeneration is incorporated in that. We call that portal number five of stigmata. That in this stigmata, you can go back into those manifest realizations. You can go back into that knowledge. Number six, the redemption. Uh, not back to the to the sins of of, of Adam, uh, but but back to the sins of before the foundations of this world, as described in Romans five twelve. For by one man sin was brought into the world, because all had sinned. And and First Timothy two fourteen that says that you know it it was not uh, it was not uh, Adam Adam didn't did did not make uh, uh, get del del a delusion. He, he, he was not tricked. He knew what was going on. He did not commit a transgression of, of the nature that Eve did. The woman committed that transgression. Uh, and yet there is another place in Romans that it seems to say that Adam did have, have a, a transgression. But you have to understand the difference is, is that Eve transgressed because she did something against what the Word of God said. And then Adam uh, went ahead and took of the fruit in order to take on her sins. And so he was involved in the transgression uh, as related to taking on Eve's sin. And that's why it says there is something that is alike a, a manner uh, of what happened with, with uh, uh, Adam and what was to happen with, with, with Jesus, because Jesus took on the sins of the world. Adam took on the sins of Eve, which was the mother of us all. And, and uh, uh, she's connected to, to Jerusalem. She's connected uh, to, to, uh, to Mary. Uh, uh, Eve uh, being uh, a total connection, which... We won't get into that today, but as you get into this stigmata, not a, a, a regarding necessarily and not putting that down, but not regarding uh, appearance on the outskirts of the body, but but the the transassimilation that can occur in the in the inner deep person of spirit within you, and and so that. Uh, that redemption, uh, you know, is is in the spirit and is tre uh, uh, pre-transpositional, is prior to the actual transition. You are able to go back, uh, you know, by by this portal of six of redemption uh, to not 
your sins uh, being just related genetically to Adam, although there's a genetic connection, but to the sins that happened before the foundations of this world. <clears throat> now, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 3, 4, 12, uh, there is no other foundation that can be laid other than, the, than that of Jesus Christ. So in 1 Corinthians 2, 7, it says, we speak of the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained God ordained before the world unto our glory. Now, if you have any question, if you have any doubt about this message I am ministering today, this stigmata revelation of the seven portals, uh, uh, then you doubt this scripture. Because the Bible says here in 1 Corinthians 2, 7, we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. And this may be a mystery to you, the things that I am speaking. But God wants you to listen and allow that to go into your body and into your brain so that that one day he'll be able to bring that out of you and manifest. And, and, and it's, it's the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained. This is no minor thing. God ordained this. God predestined it before the world unto our glory, to your glory. It belongs to your glory. It belongs to your salvation. It belongs to your redemption. It belongs to all the wisdom that you are to know. It's all part of everything that you are to know. And then we'll, uh, we'll just take a fast look here just to show you how important this thing is uh, of this stigmata in Jesus Christ by going to the, uh, the book of Revelations. And let's just look here right at the first part of the book of Revelation uh, where it says the, in the book of Revelations chapter 1 verse 1, the revelation of Jesus Christ which God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass and, and which things uh, are to be signified by the angel. Now in the manifest uh, interpretation of that, uh, it, is, uh, it is worded, uh, beautiful and 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 differently, uh, and and I just uh, you know I love the way that it is worded, uh, you know because uh, it what it what it says um, you know is um, <clears throat> the revelation of Jesus Christ which God gave unto him to show unto his servants the things which will be quickened to reality, and he sent uh, and signified it by the angel of his presence unto his servants. Um, and, uh, and number two, who bear record of the word of God and of the testimony of Jesus Christ and all the things that he saw. So, so all the things that, that Jesus has known, in which the Bible says in the 21st chapter and last verse of, of the book of John, uh, that, that uh, if all the things were written that should be written, I suppose that the that the world, being the word universe, could not contain it, could not handle it, uh, because the whole mystery is not just about this universe. In fact, Jesus says, "I'm not even from this universe." He says that. He says, "My my my kingdom is not even from this universe." So so there's a great a revelation, great mystery, great wonderful understanding there. Uh, verse 3 of chapter Revelations 1, it says, Blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the words of this prophecy, and keep these things that are written therein. Here's the manifest uh, exp explanation. In the, in the place of time, or in the perspective of time. Um, 
and and so in the in chapter um, uh, one verse eight, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is, which was, and which is to come. All of these things that that have not been written, that are to be, should be written. Uh, God is allowing you to write them, not inscribed on 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 uh, uh, faces of stone, um, but written in the fleshly tables of your heart or in the girt-up essence of your mind. And so uh, we see that this thing of the of the of the revelation uh, of of this sixth redemptive portal and then the seventh being go you into all the universe uh revelations 21 25 verifying that to know all the things that should be written uh that god wants us to go in the through this portal this portal of the stigmata this this place of 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 being buried in the baptism of christ and and in the transsimulation of christ now once we come into that understanding, and we understand as it's written in First Timothy 5.21, that we are elect angels, and we understand what's written in Ecclesiastes 3.15, what is now has been, and that which is to be is to come. Uh, 9.12 of Ecclesiastes, there is a time and a chance for every person. God treats everyone equal. Uh, this body is not an accident. First uh, Corinthians four nine, Jesus could have taken on an angel type of body, but he took on the seed, the kind of body of the seed of Abraham. Uh, this is so important as we come into these revelations and as we connect with my my teaching about the rings uh, that are all through the Bible, which which involve the seals, the halos. Uh, which which involved uh, the marks and all of those things uh the the stigmata is a, is a kind of ring um it's it, it's the spiritual representation of the character and the symbolism of the light of Jesus Christ and this is all part of the seal and the bible promises in job 9:7 he sealeth up the stars uh he he, he promises in job 37:7 he sealeth up the hand of every man. And um, uh, we, we see that he wants us to know things. Jude 14, he talks about the, the, the prophecy of, of Enoch coming with ten thousands of his saints. He verifies this thing of the, uh, of the saints, 20,000 angels coming at the time of, of uh, Moses on the mount uh, receiving the, the covenant. Uh, Psalms 68, 17 through 18. Surely that which was, which is, and which is to come is something God wants us to know. Uh, this seal uh, into the knowledge of the ancient and invisible truth uh, it, to be made known to us by the Holy Ghost that will bring all things to our remembrance. Uh, John 14, uh, 26. Uh, every person is sealed in the hand of every man with a birthright to know. And every person that comes into the world, John 1, 9, uh, comes in the world with the light of the kingdom of God is born in every person. And the energy dots are all out there for us to come into through the mind of Christ. Psalms 19, Romans 10. Wow. Okay, I've got to get into the reading.
uh, you know, but but uh, that lays the foundations of why and how we are to know these things. Let's start in the parables of the Alpha and the Omega orders of the Holy Manifest received from the angel Gabriel. There are some scriptures that are given in here. Those were not given by Gabriel. There are some things mentioned, uh, rendering explanation. Uh, that was put in there by, by me as I tried to explain some of these things you see from Gabriel. Here we go, the always. Before there were beginnings and endings of mortal life, before there were new things of the to be and old things of the was, yes, before there were perishable things, there was perpetuity. That perpetuity was and is the never-ending of life, and the never-ending of life generates from the virtues of the invisible ultimate God, the I Am. The invisible ultimate God, the I Am, has always been, and there has never been an ever that God, the I Am, was not. Nevertheless, I Am's life is not just a state of being. I Am's life is a consciousness and a conscientiousness of soul, spirit, and person. In the always, which was before all beginnings, there was only I am. But to say only I am does not mean that God the I am was alone. For in God the I am is all life of perpetual existence. I am dwells and lives perpetual perpetuations in the glorious coordinances of M's mind world of multiple and manifold personifications of multiplexes of self-oneness. Wow. Let's read that apart <clears throat> again. I am dwells and lives perpetual perpetuations in the glorious coordinates of M's mind world of multiple and manifold personifications of multiplex self-oneness. In the in the personifications of I am self-oneness, each personification is a messenger or signal of man, uh, manif uh, manifoldness, describing many attributes of M's most highness. So then, there are endless volumes of messages or messengers, uh, expressions of the manifoldness that abound regarding M's most highness. Blessed are they who perceive these words. Blessed are they who believe these words. For such are they who will be received into the higher foreverness. When the well-known messenger is rendered in the Bible from its Greek form as the word angel, and its potential revelation is transcendentally manifested, one could say, the angelfold personification of God, I am's first presence, as representing message attribute of the invisible ultimate God, also allows for the understanding that in a certain relational sense, the invisible ultimate God is a manifold of many angels. Self-personified and co-owned, an angelfold of manifold presence, understand the invisible angel God I am is intrinsical and apperceptional. In the endless magnitudes of I am's holy angel personifications. Now that word uh, int 
Intrinsical is I-N-T-R-I-N-S-I-C-A-L. And Apperceptional is A-P-P-E-R-C-E-P-T-I-O-N-A-L. In the endless magnitudes of I am's holy personifications, the I am being is complete within the angel fold of M's first presence. Therefore, the personification of I am's self-oneness are manifestations of embodiments of M's virtue, virtues within I am's person of being. In the supramind consciousness of God I am, when an intellectual part that is part of one's mental unction to, per, to personify becomes so pronounced in expressing that part, then although being a part of that entity, it nevertheless, by being unique of classification, can through that uniqueness take on a personified presence of its own uh, within, yet as being a coordinated part of God, the I Am's whole entity. Now, that is a complex compound. Uh, and and uh, what it is saying is that God was really never alone because in the fullness of God, there is a multiplexity. In the fullness of God, there are so many different strains of his attributes and different strains of his, his uh, mentality uh, that they can at times take on a nature of being a personification of another entity. And, and in the complexity of that multiplicity, uh, they are able then to communicate uh, with the, the, uh, the upper uh, uh, intercentrum of God's mentality. And in the relationship of that uh, uh, communication, uh, there is a companionship within God's own being to the multiplicity of his, of his attributes that can take on individualized characteristics and can speak within the world of his mind. Now that's deep and that's awesome and that's not human-like, but it's God-like because God's ways are not our ways and he's above. Uh, I have said those things. Uh, they're not written here as an interpretation to help you understand what this manifest is saying. Um, we spoke of uh, before there were perishable things. You might look at Proverbs 8, 22, uh, and 25, uh, the KJV or the MIV. Uh, Colossians 1, 17, KJV or the MIV. The, uh, we spoke of the invisible ultimate God. The scripture gives references, uh, references as follows. Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature? That's Colossians 1.15. And uh, you can also look at, at, at uh, the uh, KJV or the MIV. And 1 Timothy 1.17. And... Um, we also spoke of M's mind world of multiple manifold personifications of multiplex self-oneness. Check out Colossians 2.9. Uh, we spoke of the word co-owned, the state of becoming one with another entity to the extent of occupying the same space. Um, that's what 
ko'unin is. Uh, this process uh, uh, allows angels to merge with God's nature to become exactly one with God or to become uh, one with an archangel's. Um, the Bible says, see no more twain but one, as found in Matthew 19, 5 through 6. Joined unto the Lord in one spirit, as found in 1 Corinthians six seventeen, And equal unto the angels, as found in Luke twenty thirty five through 36. We talked about the intrinsical uh, I am, as God, God I am's nature is not dependent on external needs or events outside of M's own self. We spoke of ap- God being apperceptional, uh, I am. Uh, God I am uh, is aware of M's own self, including awareness of M's own acts of perception, conception, and divine functions. Um, for MIV reference scriptures, see the scripture references appendix of the Holy Manifest. I'm sorry you don't have that to be able to do that. Uh, the Holy Angel of Divine Light Virtue. Uh, scripture gives reference as follows, that, uh, that was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world, as found in John 1, 9. In the scripture, the true light can be interpreted as aura soul, which lighteth can be interpreted as soul essence or soul signal, which is divine light, uh, a virtue. Uh, also see John 1, 9. Okay, now let's read this last uh Verser, in the angel fold of M's first presence abides the holy angel of life virtue, the holy angel of divine uh, light virtue. Now, these are angels that have personified out of the multiplex of God's own manifold being. And, and so they have actually uh, personified to the point of having an individualized name, the holy angel of life virtue the holy angel of divine light angel, and the holy angel uh, of love virtue. Um, first presence, presence angels, uh, these are all first presence angels. First presence angels are angels within God's own being. They are not angels uh, that have come out of creations <coughs> and have become angels of high order. They're not even uh, archangels. They are actually angels that are personifications of God's own uh, intracentrum, uh, own innermost being. Okay? Um, so it goes on. The first present angels are, are I am's oracore angels. These angels being a central part of God, I am's thought projections, and are intracentrum uh, to God, I am's world of mind. When uh, the I am models models M's personification as angels of M's expressions, it becomes as if their magnitude had o- has had always been expressed because such per- personification assumes I am's everlastingness. So then a new personification is instantly an old personification. An old personification is instantly a new personification. And that is true because in the I am, the happenings of Alpha and Omega occur in the same point of sequence. Consequently, because time does not exist in the I am, that which is first and that which is last is dispersed in the same measurement of issue. 
And so in the infinitesimal mere ways of I am's mind lives the reflective essence of uh, superbness. In those grand circuits of magnificence, uh, ethereal mind surges sweep into continuum. It's ethereal, uh, E-T-H-E-R-E-A-L, mind surges, surge, uh, surges sweep into continuum, C-O-N-T-I-N-U-U-M, the sense of I am's aura soul. Each kiss of manifold bliss unfurls to ride the unfolding blooms of crescent beauty. Never-ending life, content within itself, lives on and on and on, being plu-perfect, P-L-U uh, hyphen, P-E-R-F-E-C-T, that is to say, perfect of the is that is represented by timelessness and always engendering being perfect of the present, which is being perfect of the is. So then the I am is plus super and more perfect than all other levels of possible independent entity obtainment. Superbly in the fullness of holy reality, I am's gifts of knowledge are provisions whereby the I am shares imbuements of M's holy perfections to be assimilated by all who believe. And so I am the multifarious one being omniparent, uh, multifarious, uh, M-U-L-T-I-F-A-R-I-O-U-S, being omniparent, uh, O-M-N-I-P-A-R-I-E-N-T of spirit, uh, brings forth the potential for all things, and being omni. Uh, 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 omnispective, that would be O-M-N-I-S-P-E-C-T-I-V-E, uh, omniscient, O-M-N-I-S-C-I-E-N-T, and omnipercipient, O-M-N-I-P-E-R-C-I-P-I-E-N-T, sees all, knows all, perceives all. Thus is the omnimemorance O-M-N-I-M-E-M-O-R-A-N-C-E, which is the perpetual memory of I am's invisible ultimate God that dwells, where dwells the omnipotent mind energy, O-M-N-I-P-O-T-E-N-T, omnipotent mind energy of M's unlimited infinite power. By I am's Holy Spirit, M's gifts and considerations are omnipresent, O-M-I-N-I-P-R-E-S-E-N-T, as invisible encapsulations, E-N-C-A-P-S-U-L-A-T-I-O-N-S, of M's nature, and well in all that is spiritual infinity by the Holy Spirit, soundtroned in all that is physical in, uh, infinity. Unto you who yearn and seek to know the long truth, truth unbent by the gravity of ignorance, suspicion, and miscued assumptions, truth that cannot be discovered by the short-gauge uh, mentalities of human time scales, come hence, embrace your spirit, open your mind, before the world began, before Genesis, before this universe, in fact, before all universes, before the Alpha Ages, there was God the I Am. God I Am's energy is pure life. God I Am's pure life energy has always been. For I Am's cycles are never-ending successions upon successions, magnitudes upon magnitudes, and perpetuations upon perpetuations. 
the holy angel of virtue. Scripture references are as follows. God is love, First John 4, 8. Love without dissimulation. See Romans 12, 9. Love unfeigned. See Second uh, Corinthians 6, 6. The message of God who is love or the first presence personified messenger who giving expressions of God's love is the angel of love virtue. Uh, that which is first, that which is last. Uh, see Matthew nineteen thirty. Uh, I am reflective essence, uh, living in the uh, uh, in the boundings of glory unto glories. Scripture gives reference as follows: For with thee is the fountain of life; in light we shall see light. Psalms thirty six nine. A proof perfect from plu, an abbreviation of plural, and perfect not being used as a grammar term, but as a holy manifest term, meaning above physical perfection and beyond all other states of perfection. Ultimate, perfect of the is that is represented by timelessness and always rendering being perfect of the present, which is being perfect of the is. So then the I am is a plus super and more perfect than all other levels of possible independent entity obtainment. Uh, imbuements, permeations of inspirational qualities, deep effects caused by input. Uh, multifarious, I am as, manifold, multiform, um, uh, omnifarious, as in taking forms of manifestation. Scriptures from two Bible versions give reference as follows. But God giveth it a body as it has pleased him, and to every seed his own body. First Corinthians 15.38 To the intent that now, uh, uh, that now in the church... Um, the manifold wisdom of God, Ephesians 3.10, KJV. Uh, it is the Lord's intent that we take the resolutions of this mystery of the world and of Christ into space, and that we should have communionship with magistrates and kingdoms of other realms in this cosmos, even as on earth Jews and Gentiles should have communionship together, Ephesians 3.10, MIV. Uh, Omni uh, memorance, the perpetual memory of I am, the invisible ultimate God, collective past, present, and future memory of I am, as received from the Holy Spirit, Soundtron, and Holy Messengers, is purified from. Uh, beyond transcending perpetual memories of I am's oracore, also referred to as supra, S U P R A, beling, B E L I N G, which is the sole attribute of God. <clears throat> well, I hope you're getting that. Uh, these are the kind of things that we are putting on um, into our um, our annex of uh, of stories and scripture and teachings uh, that uh, will become um, uh, studies for people who will be. Uh, members of the uh, Peace Country Bible College and will become students um, in uh, those um, uh, desirable areas of learning about God and actually even uh, uh, getting uh, a graduation certificate. Uh, that day is coming up the road. All of these teachings uh, will be things that uh, will be um, uh, charged to the students uh, they will go to the um, 
to the archives of the broadcast, and they will listen to these, and then they will be tested on them, and they will get their scores from that. And and this, of course, will be uh, an online uh, correspondence uh, college type of thing. So uh, it, you will have a chance to to from these. Uh, readings from these lectures, from these teachings, from these spiritual episodes that are being taught, uh, to not only be helped if you have a question, you'll be able to to help. There will be in individuals that will be assigned to help uh, uh, answer questions that students might have on some of the teachings, and, uh, and so that when you do answer those uh, teachings, your answers will uh, be for a high score. Okay, we're moving on. And so we're, we're, um, we're successions to successions, multi, uh, to, uh, um, magnitudes to magnitudes and perpetuations upon perpetuations. On and on live the spiritual infinite continuum, unapproached by the physical infinity and its durations of cosmic eternities, its durations of cosmic forevers, whose far-reaching spans, though tangent in the vanishing point, also dwell in the relativity of time. I am's pure life presence is the vital conductor of M's infinite mind. I am's first presence, uh, M's pure life energy and infinite mind are inseparable. So it is, the infinite mind sponsors the expressions of pure life. Additionally, it is the very process of the infinite mind from which emanates the holy essence, or as it may be said, the infinite mind transmits divine glory. That divine glory is the aura soul and spirit radiance of I am's aura core shine. Yes, the very glow shining of the invisible ultimate God, the I am, who of being is expressible in the highest levels of God I am consciousness, yet unexpressible in the lower levels of God I am consciousness. It was during a great consonant of I am's mind consciousness that a thought was twilled, T-W-I-L-L-E-D, to spark life creatures outside of Am's kingdom of self otherwise outside of M's mind world. During that same occurrence of the jeweled sequences of M's mind, the thought was twelled to live M's presence uh, essentially, that's E-S-S-E-N-T-I-C-A-L-L-Y, by being connected to the I am in aura soulship. Yet let these beings have open mental choice of their emotions and thoughts. And so messengers of I am's angel fold, of M's first presence, specifically uh, M's holy angels of divine light virtue and M's holy angel of love um, virtue, twelled a projection of phototranslations that became soundtron messaging and personifications of life for outer existence. The soundtron messaging was a weaving of song energies into a diagonal overlaying of melodies and counter-melodies, which, which spirited amidst the soundtron energies two eccentric sparks. Um, Aura core, explanation, God I am's first presence, M's soul within M's aura, the in 
intracentrum mind of the I am that sponsors the expressions of pure life, equality and intensity of energy source of presence, not a form of position. God's energy is pure love energy, which is not an emotional, but is an actual energy quite unlike any other kind of energy. An oracore energy source is projected toward the fringes of the first domain. There is the transdominion diminution, T-R-A-N-D-O-M-I-N-U-A-T-I-O-N, of the intensity of the source of presence. See Isaiah 55.9, Isaiah 57.15, Ezekiel 1.6, Holy Level 3, 100-fold, uh, Exodus 3.14, Psalm 66.9, Acts 7.49, Holy Level 3, 100-fold uh, uh, also, see transdiminuation, uh, uh, in the glossary. I'm sorry, you can't do that. Uh, that's coming, though, up the road. For MIB reference scriptures, see the uh, scripture reference appendix. Uh, you won't be able to do that just yet. Uh, it's on the word, uh, also then the word twelled, T-W-I-L-L-E-D, or twelling, T-W-I-L-L-I-N-G, a weaving of song energies to create a special rise of diagonal countermelody overlay. The holy method used to create the first beings of life outside I am's consciousness. Uh, is, is essentiality from the term essence. That's E-S-S-E-N-T-I-C-A-L-L-Y. Uh, from the first essence, as in the personality of character aspect of an entity, as it uh, is in the ghost personification of an entity's body or spirit. Photo translations that become Soundtron uh, messaging. Uh, since the term Soundtron incorporates measurements, see uh, Strong's Concordance Dictionary 3358 of the Metron, uh, what the Soundtron does in physical infinity is not the same as what it does uh, does or is called in the first domain. Inasmuch as the Soundtron incorporates Holy Spirit and wells of God, it stands to reason, however, that the Soundtron was present before and during the Alpha Ages, the, uh, the Outer Alpha Ages and the Universal Ages, etc. Uh, in a major sense, the Soundtron is not... Uh, uh, both physical and spiritual. It is spiritual language and therefore it can also act as subjective, sub, uh, subjunctive rather, character uh, particles of influence in the be-all of the physical infinity. See Strong's Concordance Dictionary 1510 through 1511, <coughs> um, meaning to exist. When nature or persons of entities assign the character influence of the Soundtron, that illusion is put into the effect. The extent of that effect relates to a degree of Soundtron alignment. Uh, see also the uh, Soundtron in the glossary. Uh, you don't have that to look at either. Um, okay, and so um, let me just finish. We're going to close this, but let me first finish this. When I started to read, uh, there is this spark that was twelve that has gone forth. One spark was um, uh, was uh, quadruversal, uh, and that is Q U A Q U A V E R S A L quadruversal, uh, a disposition uh, for there to be a toward direction to dimensionalism, 
which toward direction configured an arrangement of a segment of God's spirit energizing into parts from which were begun uh, uh, rules of form wherein could and would abide the worlds. The, uh, the alpha inner ages, the alpha outer ages, the universe and all other to be worlds, uh, physical and uh, uh, spiritual and physical. Therefore were the rules of form uh, born which became the toward uh, of the uh, quadruversal that created the outward or the beyond from God I am's innermost being, wherein were born physical creations. It was such physical worlds of creation which became the matrix for birthing entities that could gain a consciousness of God the I am. Okay, that's as far as we're going to get. The next part that we begin is the living constructions that get into the creation of the gods. That will have to go on next week. Uh because there's lots and lots to cover, lots and lots to discuss, lots and lots to read, and the Spirit is moving. God is moving by His Spirit in all the land. We can feel His Spirit. I want to reach out to you people today who need healing in body. Uh, in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, may His Holy Spirit uh, just cover you with the essence of love and the essence of healing. May you receive from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet a total uh, reconstruction in your body in the most healthful way and a total healing as Janet now plays and we end this, this uh, time. God bless you. We love you. Until next week. See you on the Facebook and see you on the blogs. God bless.